three big categories that the faith-driven leader needs to have proficiency in or an understanding of. Number one, they need to be capable. You got to be able to do the job. You need to be able to do the work. Second thing is you got to be confident. Listen, being some kind of wimpy, not really confident in what you do person is not what people look for in a leader. And that's not what we're looking for in a faith-driven leader also. But in the same breath, you got to be humble. We need humility. And we'll talk about that in this episode. So you need to be capable, confident, and humble. Hello, everyone. Tim Winders here. Welcome to The Faith Driven Leader. This is episode three of the season. And we have already covered unleashing the power of faith-driven leadership. That was a what. And then we also, in episode two, covered beyond success, why faith-driven leadership matters. That was the why, why it's so important for you and others to be faith-driven leaders. And in this episode, the title is Mastering Faith-Driven Leadership, Proven Tips and Strategies. So we're going to get practical here. We're going to talk about things that we can be doing to, number one, become a faith-driven leader, or if we already consider ourselves one, and I think most people listening in probably would, what are some things that we could do to be in improvement mode or to just get better and be in growth mode? So mastering faith-driven leadership, proven tips and strategies, that is our topic for today. I welcome you. Glad that you're here to discuss and talk about faith-driven leadership. Before we do that, I want to remind you that we actually have a quiz. And uh, I've been encouraging people on every episode to go take it. If you haven't already, go do it. It's at timwinders.com forward slash faith-driven quiz. It's 20 questions that will probably do a couple things. Number one, I think they'll just get you thinking because there are some questions that may not have been asked before. You may not have asked yourself before. So that's a help. And then also you'll get a score. And to me, the score doesn't mean much because you're taking the assessment yourself. It's a self-assessment, but it does give you a starting point. It gives you something to think about if you're working with a coach or a mentor or you're on a leadership team and you'll want to compare or see where you're at. That's what it will do. So make sure you go take that. Again, pretty simple to do. 20 questions. You just assess, assess yourself. So go to timwinders.com forward slash faith driven quiz to take that test. Now, today we are going to be going over three big categories of what I call the strategies or tips for the faith-driven leader. They are that the faith-driven leader needs to be capable, the faith-driven leader needs to be confident, and the faith-driven leader should be humble or have humility. Now, some of those sound like they might be in conflict. Confidence and humility might be conflicting in some people's eyes. I disagree because now if I were to say cockiness or arrogance or you think you're better than people or something like that, yeah, that does conflict with humility. But to know what you're talking about, to know what your job is and your role, that's being capable. To, to understand it and have confidence in it, that's to have an awareness of it, that's the confidence but to know that we're always in learning mode and always needing to, to learn new things and be in a growth mode, 
that's where the humility comes in. So we're going to talk about each one. So let's break these down. And then like we've done in the other episodes, we've got a biblical example. I'll give you a little glimpse. We're going to be looking at the life of Daniel in our biblical example today. So here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at each of those three big areas. Then we've got just a list of strategies or tips to help us become and be a faith-driven leader. And then we're going to be looking at the life of Daniel. So let's dive in. First thing is that we need to be capable. <laughs> we need to continuously be developing our skills and our knowledge through education and practical experience. I'll use an example. It's a little bit weird, but let's just say that I am a person of faith and I have a desire to be a brain surgeon. This may not be a good example, but let's try it. I need to get some schooling. I need to get some education. I just can't go to people or hang my sign out front of my office and say, I'm a brain surgeon now. I have the faith to be a brain surgeon. No, I need some training to be a brain surgeon. So someone, and there's different skills. I mean, I'm an engineer by training. I did that for a number of years. I've also studied leadership and things like that. So I need to develop the skills and knowledge so that I could be capable to do the things that I need to do in my role. And I'm sure that you have things that you need to do that educate you and make you capable to do that work. Second bullet point here is build a strong support network of mentors, advisors, peers, coaches, et cetera, who can offer guidance and feedback. And I want to emphasize this word feedback because it is very difficult to be capable or to increase our capability if we're not getting a constant if we're practicing something and then getting feedback, practice and get feedback. So build that strong network of people that can help you do that. And then the next item here is seek out challenges and opportunities to just get outside your comfort zone. I think many times we try to get into a comfort zone and we just want to stay there and we don't like to take risk and stretch ourselves and one of the things to be more capable, and especially in the world we're in today that's so fast moving, technology is changing at such a high rate, is we need to have challenges and opportunities in front of us at all times that we are seeking so that we could just get outside of our comfort zone and grow as a leader, as a capable leader. Next, we need to take responsibility for mistakes. We've got a whole episode that we're going to be looking at when we make mistakes and mess up. But one of the things that helps us as far as being capable, and it, it gives people confidence in us. We're talking about confidence in just a moment. And that is when we own up to mistakes, take responsibility for your mistakes and use them as ways to learn and have opportunities to improve our capabilities. Listen, when you mess up, it's one of the best learning opportunities that we have to just get better and to be more capable. And then finally, last bullet point under capability, be adaptable and flexible. As far as skills in the world win today, if someone were to say, what is the one thing that people really need above all else? I would say we need to be adaptable and flexible, willing to adjust our approach, do things differently, and make sure that we're able to meet the changing circumstances and challenges 
that we know are out there. There's so many changes and things that are going on. We need to be flexible and adaptable. And I used to use the joke that I need to be like Gumby. Some people won't even know the Gumby reference, but if you do, Gumby was this bendable, flexible little doll, I think had a cartoon years ago. And we need to think and be like Gumby in many ways and be flexible and adaptable. All right, next big category. And this sometimes is a challenge for people that are people of faith. We need to be confident. Why can we be confident? We can be confident because we're capable, like we just talked about in that big category. We've done some training. We're flexible. We're adaptable. We've gotten outside of our comfort zone so we can be confident. We can believe in our own abilities and trust our judgment as a leader because we've got experience. We've got training. We've got education. We've stretched ourselves so we can, it's okay to believe in our own abilities. And we also, to be confident, we can surround ourselves with positive influences and affirmations that reinforce our confidence. You know, as a leader, there's something that we will say often, and that is that we're never as great as many people will consider us to be. And we're also never as bad as our critics say about us. So one of the things that we want to do, we want to manage and monitor is how can we get positive influence and affirmations. And then also, like we talked about earlier, get the feedback we need when we make adjustments and changes. I think we want to be mindful that we don't want to be in a extremely negative environment. And then we also don't want to be in an environment where all we're getting are what we'll call yes men or yes people that are just telling us the things that we think we want to hear and just blowing smoke. So that's where the positive influence and affirmations comes in. Next thing we want to do is we want to focus on strengths and accomplishments rather than dwelling on weaknesses or failures. You know, a great example that I've seen of this, great example of focusing on strengths and accomplishments. I've heard people say that the great quarterbacks that play in the NFL are quarterbacks that they obviously are accurate. They've got all the capability and things like that. But when they make a mistake, like, for example, throw an interception, that they don't dwell on it long. They might look at what they did, but then when they go back out for the next series of downs, that they're not dwelling on the fact that they just have thrown an interception that may have cost the team. So we want to be able to focus on strengths and accomplishments rather than dwelling on our weaknesses and failures. Here's another one that's really good. Embrace risk-taking and see failures or setbacks as opportunities for growth and learning. So we don't dwell on them, but we use them for growth. It's like, okay, I made a mistake. Now, what can I do? What can I do to become better because of that? And we will have it. We know we will. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to make mistakes. And we just want to look for ways that we can learn from them. That's the thing we did. I'll tell people all the time, all that we went through after the 2008 downturn that was painful. It was no fun at all. But I do believe that I've learned from that and that I am a better person. My wife and I are better people because of all that we experienced and went through during that time. And then the last item here under confidence is set ambitious but realistic goals for yourself and your team and work toward achieving them with purpose 
and determination. One of the things I've noticed about myself at times is that over the course of my life, I at times have set really massive, huge goals, maybe almost too big, because then I would sometimes get discouraged because I couldn't achieve those goals. Now, I achieved something, but not the goals that I set. And then there was a period of time during the situation that I mentioned earlier, where we went through a difficult downturn and had financial challenges and lost our home, all types of things that, that I actually didn't want to set goals. I actually did not want to disappoint myself. I mean, I really had lost a lot of confidence, but we've got to get back in that mode and set realistic goals for yourself, for your team, your organization, all that you're working with, and then work towards achieving them. Goals are good and goals fit with faith-driven leaders. Don't try to have anyone tell you any differently. Now, let's talk about the last area that sometimes people struggle with when we're talking confidence, and that is being humble or operating out of a position of humility. And one of the things that I think it's important to understand is that this one is third. You need to be capable. You need to be confident, but then you also need to be humble. I think these are real practical tips for just operating with humility. And uh, this first one I really like, practice active listening and seek to understand the perspective of others, including those with different opinions or backgrounds, or listen to me, different faiths. It is a-okay to communicate with different type people in the world. We saw examples of that from Jesus. I could go through so many examples where he went outside, he listened. In fact, before he healed, he would ask people, what do you want? When it's obvious, if someone, if they are crippled, it should be obvious, but he ask the question. So one of the things that shows humility is active listening, asking questions, seeking to understand perspectives of others, including those with differing opinions or backgrounds. Also recognize that leadership is a team effort. Listen, it's not all about you. I said that I know in multiple episodes, it's not all about you. It's about the bigger picture and there's a team involved. And so it's about a team effort and we're seeking to empower and elevate those around us. Don't make any of this all about you. So recognize leadership is a team effort. Next, show appreciation and gratitude to those who support you, including colleagues, mentors, family. So many times people get to levels and they start thinking way too highly of themselves. They think that everything is about them and organizations, especially if you're leading an organization, we can really, really easily start thinking that we are so important that the organization cannot do without us. We're the one that's setting up these jobs for people and we're bringing people in. If, if you're the person with a microphone, you're the person that they're coming to see. And that may be the case to some degree, but it is so important to show appreciation and gratitude for those around you. It just keeps you humble and it's a way to operate with humility. Next, acknowledge your limitations. Somebody needs to hear this. Acknowledge your limitations in your areas for growth and seek out constructive feedback to improve. This is important for anyone. I don't care what position 
you are in. We all, we all have limitations and we can all grow. So seek out feedback, get a coach, get someone that can speak some truth into your life, get a board of directors, get somebody around you that can just help you identify areas for growth. You don't want to do it in a negative way. We talked about or talked earlier about positive influence, positive feedback, but we need people that can keep us in check so that we can get constructive feedback and improve. And then finally, under humble or humility, prioritize your values and principles over your personal ambition or ego and work to serve others rather than yourself. We've used the term often servant leader. We hear it, it's thrown around maybe more than it should be, but really this is what a faith-driven leader, this is humility for a faith-driven leader. And that is working to serve others. If you have people that report to you, you serve them. If you report to someone else, you serve them. If you're someone who, obviously you have a family, if your father, mother, or whatever in a family, you serve that family. You've got customers, investors, people like that. You serve them. Learn how to serve others and be in that mindset at all times. So serve others. Just a few other bullet points. So those are the three big categories is you need to be capable. You need to be confident and you need to be humble. Those are the big areas that make up the strategies and tips for a faith-driven leader. A few other things that are important. These are just tips, things that I think the faith-driven leader, I think we just need to either have this or be doing this. Number one is you need to have a time, a quiet time, a devotion and prayer, or if you want to call it meditation. I've been saying this for some time now that most of us, most people in the world today, we are missing time of just being still and quiet. That's what allows us to think about the things we just talked about. So make sure you're blocking and that you have time to be quiet for devotion, prayer, just meditation, or just solitude and quiet and still. One of the things that's very important, this is another bullet point, I guess, and it fits with some of the things we mentioned earlier, but as a faith-driven leader, as any leader. It is so important to have respect and honor for others. And I think this is something that's missing so much in our society and our culture today. And I'm not talking about just people that agree with you, just people that tell you how great you are, or the people that you work with or people that pay you. No, I think we need to have respect and honor for others that think differently respect and honor for others that may not believe in the same things we do as far as faith. And that really goes to the inclusive mindset. I know it's a tough word in the world we're in today because it's been used and abused by so many, but we need to show that our faith is one of love and respect and honor for other people. And that should be something that's visible, that if you're ever accused <laughs> of being someone who's a faith-driven leader, there needs to be some evidence that backs it up. If you're ever brought into court 
and accused of being faith-driven leader. There needs to be some evidence to back that up. So show love. All right. Another little, little item I would say is just do what you say. Be a person, be a man, be a woman of your word. If you say that you're going to show up at three o'clock on Monday, show up at three o'clock on Monday, unless there is something extremely extremely unique that comes up. You need to be someone who arrives on time or a little early. If you tell someone you're going to do something, you do it because that is where integrity comes in. That fits into the next one, which is honoring people's time. Don't think that just because you're the leader that everyone needs to bow down to you and adhere to whatever your schedule is. Honor people's time. It's the most valuable thing that we all have. Honor your time, but also honor other people's time. We talked a little bit earlier about showing gratitude. I do not think that we as faith-driven leaders can overdo showing gratitude. We probably all need to do that more. There's probably someone right now, as you're listening to this, that they've done something for you recently that you need to make a note to send them a text or pick up the phone and call or send them a note and say, I appreciate what you did. And so let this be the catalyst for you to show gratitude and just get in the habit of doing that. I've noticed it's almost like a muscle that the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the more part of who we are it becomes. That's what a faith-driven leader does. They show gratitude. And then here's another one. This is a odd one that I threw in here. Thrive where you are. In other words, be content. I know many of us are ambitious. Many of us have we believe the desires and the calling to do things beyond what we're doing right now, either a higher leadership level, a larger organization, maybe a different organization. Maybe we're serving at a lower level right now. Maybe we're just getting started. Maybe you're entry level. The apostle Paul tells us that he is able to be content in all areas. We need to learn from that. We need to thrive, do the best we can with what we have right now, and not always be looking to the next thing. We need to be good stewards of the position that we're in right now. Be content. And then finally, this is the last thing, and then we'll get to our biblical story here. Do the best you can. Do the absolute best you can. And then trust in Him. Trust God. Because there's only so much that we can do. We can do quite a bit. I know many people listening in, you're a high performer, you're a high achiever. You can do some great things. You're extremely capable. You're extremely confident. And you also have humility. But we still are going to be put in situations where we just have to do the best we can. And then we have to turn it over to God. <laughs> we just have to turn it over and say, Lord, I'm trusting you for this because I'm stretching myself a little bit beyond what I know I can do. So I'm going to do the best I can and then trust in you. And I think that's foundational for humility too. It just shows that we're humble in knowing that we can do something, but we want to trust in him. Okay. Now what we want to do is we want to wrap up this episode with what I consider to be a pretty powerful character, powerful faith-driven leader from the Bible, and that is the character of Daniel. And we can read a good bit about Daniel. I'm going to share some things here before we, before we finish up. But Daniel's always been one that I just have always wanted to know more about how he 
came to be and who he was. We think he was from a well-to-do, I think, family, but he also went into captivity and there's just a lot there. I'll share a little bit more, but if there was anything that Daniel shows us, it's two things. Number one, he was a person of integrity. He just seemed as if everything he did was all about integrity and he had no compromise. He was faced with some compromises we'll talk about here shortly, but he did not compromise at all. And so Daniel is one that I think we could really learn from when it comes to being a faith-driven leader. So let's look at some things from the the story of Daniel. Daniel is an exemplary figure in the Bible who demonstrated faith-driven leadership in his life. He was born into a noble Jewish family. He was taken captive by the Babylonians and brought to serve in the court of King Nebuchadnezzar. Despite being a foreigner in a foreign land, Daniel remained faithful to his God as far as his diet and beliefs and everything. He refused to compromise his beliefs, even in the face of great danger. Being threatened with death is great danger. Throughout his life, Daniel demonstrated remarkable leadership qualities, including courage, wisdom, and humility that we talked about earlier. He was able to interpret dreams and visions and even spoke truth to those in power when he saw the need to do so. He was also a man of prayer, regularly seeking God's guidance and strength in his life and ministry. In fact, if you recall, his prayer is what got him in trouble because he was still praying to his God when someone had gotten something passed that said you needed to bow down to the gods of the day that were in Babylon. And he did not do that. He continued to seek God's guidance through prayer. One of the most inspiring aspects of Daniel's leadership is his unwavering commitment to his faith, even in the face of persecution and death. When he and his friends were threatened with execution, if they did not bow down to the king's image, Daniel refused to compromise. And instead, he chose to face the consequences of his faith. This act of courage and faith not only saved his life, but also demonstrated to those around him the power of a life lived in a faithful obedience to God. Daniel's life serves as a powerful example of what it means to be a faith-driven leader. His commitment to his faith, his courage in the face of adversity, and his wisdom and humility are qualities that any leader, any of us, would do well to emulate. Whether we're facing personal or professional challenges, we can look to Daniel's example as a source of inspiration, encouragement to remain faithful to our beliefs. So Daniel, great one to study. Obviously, you could study it more. There's some more places you could go to the book of Daniel and other things in the uh, Old Testament. So study Daniel. Daniel, great example, again, of no compromise and integrity. What a great episode we've had where we've talked about practical tips, just like we saw in the story of Daniel, practical ways that we can live and be a faith-driven leader. One quick reminder, make sure you go to the the faith-driven quiz, timwinders.com slash faith-driven quiz and take that quiz. And then you can continue seeing what you can do to improve yourself into becoming more of a faith-driven leader. This has been Mastering Faith-Driven Leadership, Proven Tips and Strategies. We've got two more episodes in this season. The next one, make sure you tune in for that, is Overcoming Challenges, The Grit 
and grace of faith-driven leadership. And then we're going to wrap up. Episode five is going to be purpose-driven leadership, how faith can transform your leadership in leading others. So thanks for joining me here. Thanks for being a faith-driven leader. And until next time, continue becoming the faith-driven leader that you were created to be.